Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel of St. Mark, and chapter 9, we have a father, and we're told that the father's child is being tortured by an evil spirit. And the father comes to Jesus asking for his son to be released. And Jesus makes that statement, if you can believe, all things are possible. And the father responds very quickly to Jesus saying that by saying that very prayer that we speak of and we should speak of often. It is the prayer of every disciple. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Why do I mention that passage to you today? Because when we look at St. Thomas and the story of St. Thomas today, we see this prayer lived out. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In the Gospel of St. John in chapter 20, in that passage that you heard read today, we have two instances of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ revealing Himself to His disciples. The first time that he does it, the disciples, they're all board, they're boarded up into a room, locked in for fear of the Jews. And Jesus appears to them, doesn't come through a door, doesn't knock, just appears in their midst, the resurrected Lord. And he says, peace be with you. But note also what it says that he does, because we miss this often. It says he goes to them and shows them the nail prints. And shows them his side where the spear went in. And in that first instance of the resurrected Jesus Christ revealing himself, who's not present? Thomas. And so the disciples then go to Thomas, having experienced the resurrected Jesus Christ, having been shown the nail prints and the side scar from the spear. And they go to Thomas and they tell Thomas all they had seen. And Thomas makes that statement. Unless I touch the nail prints and put my hand in the side, I, I can't believe. I won't believe. In other words, I need this. I need what you received, my brother disciples. I need this. And before we're too hard on Thomas for his unbelief, do you really believe that all of the disciples had a perfected faith before Jesus Christ showed up and revealed himself to them? Of course not. Which is why he showed up and revealed himself to them. And I would tell you that this narrative in the Gospel of St. John, it tells us as much about the nature and desire of our Lord Jesus Christ as it does about Thomas and as it does about the rest of the disciples. Let's note a couple of things. First is this. When Thomas says to the disciples, I must touch the nail prints, put my hand in his side. Remember that Jesus is not present physically with them at that moment. He's talking to the disciples who had announced to him what they've seen, who testified to their experience with the Lord. So our Lord is not physically present. Thomas doesn't see him anywhere. Okay. It would be eight days later 
that they would be in that room shut up again, locked in for fear of the Jews, that they would be meeting together, and again our Lord Jesus Christ would appear in the same manner to them. But note what the gospel says happened. Thomas can't even get a word out of his mouth to put his request before the Lord. He has no time because Jesus goes right over to Thomas and he answers his request before Thomas had mouthed it in his physical resurrected presence. And he goes to Thomas and he says, touch, put your hand in my side. He says, Thomas, no longer be unbelieving, but believing. And this is not a reprimand. It's the same voice that spoke peace. To the other disciples, when he appeared, he said, peace be with you. What is he saying to Thomas? Thomas, relax in your spirit and know that I, the Lord your God, am resurrected and never be doubting again. It's a gift that he's giving to Thomas by experience. A gift by experience that builds his faith. And in that moment, that tension of unbelief that I promise you is in all of us. That tension of unbelief and belief that is in Thomas subsides. It goes to peace. And all of a sudden by that resurrection experience, Thomas is filled with blessed joy and blessed faith. I would tell you that this affected Thomas in two ways. The one is the most obvious. He no longer had any doubts about our Lord Jesus Christ being resurrected. That was it. But the second is this. Do you not understand that it showed Thomas that whether you see me or not, I am with you even in your weakest moments. When Thomas had had proclaimed to him by the disciples what they had seen and experienced and touched, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thomas is still doubting. Jesus was there. Even though he couldn't see him. How do we know that? Because when he appears to Thomas and the rest of them. He goes straight to Thomas and already answers his request. Our Lord Jesus Christ knows the weakness of our faith. He knows us in our weakest moments. And is absolutely, infinitely and totally present with us. In even the weakest moments of our faith. And not only this. He knows how to reveal himself to us. In the weakness of our faith. In the very way that we need. To encounter the resurrected Jesus. And let our unbelief and all of the tension. Of our unbelief go to that blessed peace of faith. I want to leave you with two thoughts. What does this tell us about our Lord when we see this? What does it tell us about His nature and His desire? The nature of God in our Lord Jesus Christ has always been from the very institution of the Incarnation. It has been the pleasure of God, the desire of God through Jesus Christ to reveal all that God is to His people. Our God delights in revealing Himself to us. Why? So that we may know Him. How do we live in union with an unknown? He comes to us in the ways we need the most. And He delights in granting us the revelation of Himself. 
Just look at all that he did. And I don't have time to go through all he did after the resurrection, before the ascension. But listen to just a few of these revelations. Mary Magdalene was at the tomb weeping in bitter sorrow. And our Lord Jesus Christ shows up to her in the midst of her weakness, in the midst of her turmoil and the sorrow of her heart, reveals himself to her, wiping away her sorrow and granting her great joy and peace that she couldn't even contain and had to run back to the disciples and tell the Lord is risen and make that announcement. What about the revelation of God to His disciples we're speaking of today? In a locked room, He appears, He shows up, He proves to them, shows them everything that they need to see to believe that He is the resurrection and the life. What about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Full of doubt, full of concern, full of confusion at everything that had just unfolded before their very eyes that they had experienced in Jerusalem where they saw their Master, their Lord, that they followed, saw all the miracles that He did, and they knew He was tortured and crucified and placed within a tomb dead and buried. And Jesus shows up not yet revealing Himself to them on the road to Emmaus, and He walks with them away. And they tell him of this confusion. Have you not heard all that's gone on? And them not knowing it was Jesus, Jesus begins to explain to them all throughout the prophecies, pointing to everything that they just beheld. How did you miss this? Did you not see? All of this was foretold. And day starts turning into night, and the disciples ask this stranger walking with them who they were so intrigued by to stay and have a meal with them. Stay this night, and then journey again in the morning. And so he agrees. And then Jesus at table takes bread. And he lifts it, blesses it, and breaks it. And in the instant he breaks the bread, he is fully revealed to those two disciples and disappears. Showing us the revelation of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. For their faith. For the experience of him. That their joy may be filled. My friends. The Christian faith is not a rational, enlightenment-driven, intellectual relationship. In fact, that's almost an oxymoron. An intellectual relationship. I didn't say it's not devoid, it's devoid of intellect. I said it's not solely that. The Orthodox Church teaches us we're saved by something only. The experience of the risen Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit revealing the Father to us. We are saved by the experience that Christ longs to give us. In all of our senses, in all of our being. Thomas brought his unbelief honestly to the table. Before the disciples and unknowingly before the Lord. And when he said, let me touch to believe. Let me put my hand in the side to believe. You know what he was saying? Oh, I believe. I've seen all the miracles. I was with you, Lord. But I have this unbelief. Help my unbelief. Let me touch you. Let me see you. Let me experience you right now. And the Lord joyfully delighted in granting Thomas that experience. What's your unbelief? Every one of us has a tension of belief and unbelief. Because we are on that blessed journey in this life of our faith being perfected. What God offers today is that we present, just like Thomas did, 
we always present Him honestly, prayerfully, our need for the building of our faith. Lord, help my unbelief. Reveal Yourself to me. And our Lord delights through all of the sacraments, through all of our prayer and fellowship with Him, and as we journey through this life, He delights in meeting you right where you are. He is the only one that knows how to take your unbelief and let it go to that peaceful and joyful and contented belief. He's the only one. Our job is to present ourselves and to be honest. He knows how and when to reveal Himself to His glory and for our salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.